And we're back. That was Act Two, Street Signs Groove Octavia from Tigerpaw featuring Vague Illusion. Again, you can find Tigerpaw's work on soundcloud.com forward slash Tigerpaw. You can find him on Spotify and, of course, on airplusrecordings.com. Next up, we're going to get into our One Shining Moment. One Shining Moment, March Madness. One Shining Moment. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. There's going to be several spoilers coming up. So, if you don't want to be spoiled about certain games and... Yeah, I think there are only two that are of this current uh, console generation. Right. But they're a couple years old. But still, if you're really afraid of spoilers, well, it was skip nice to talking to you. It was nice talking to you. Skip we'll to see you next time. Yeah, yeah skip to the <laughs> end. And, and see you next. Um, <laughs> and, and so, yeah... Uh, we'll see you on the next episode. If seen is the right word. So, the way this is going to work, I am going to modify it a bit uh, so that <coughs> I don't see a coin anywhere. So, what we're going to do is whoever chooses, and I'll go first, the two items in this is that that person cannot vote on those. Wow, that way we have five votes. No tiebreaker. Ah, uh, yes, no tiebreakers. Oh, yes. Very nice, very nice. So, I will start. Round one, fight! Alright, so we have, in the first round, Silent Hill, or in the first one, Silent Hill 2, The Reveal of Pyramid Head, versus Super Mario Brothers. I'm sorry, the princess is in another castle. <laughs> so... Let's get a couple people to explain what each of those sequences are. All right, let's start with Silent Hill, and of course, Administrator, that's your game. I'm sticking my hand way up high, not that it matters for the people listening, but yes, horror survival is my genre, so I'm going to be the one explaining Silent Hill 2, the reveal of Pyramid Head. So, the point where your character is running through, I think it was an apartment building, you find yourself running into a closet because there's some creepy stuff going on in the room that you enter. That creepy stuff is the famous, or perhaps infamous, Pyramid Head, let's say having his way with another monster. Making sweet, sweet monster rape. <laughs> there's a Putting it gently. Gently. There's a mini-meme going around on the internet. And it's a picture of the nurses oh. with Pyramid Head in the background, and it says simply, you can't rape the willing. <laughs> yes, there is a subsect of the Silent Hill fandom that is enjoys Pyramid Head, let's just uh. put it that way. Let's say that they weren't uh, feeling bad for the monster in the intro. Uh. So basically what happens is you run into a closet, you're playing James, there's this reveal scene, I believe it's a slow pan up, of this monstrous, terrifying, really muscular dude wearing this giant pyramid on his head, hence the name, and he's just having a ton of fun with one of the enemies. It's basically <laughs> the lower half of two mannequin dolls, and so he's done. He comes around and he's dragging that along, and he notices you in the closet, and that moment is just a moment of sheer terror. Because he's gigantic, he's really scary. And he has a pyramid for a head. And he has a pyramid and he just for got a finished head. raping a monster. And he has a sword that would make Cloud Strife feel a 
little embarrassed of his own. So he's trying to get into the closet at you, and you're just freaking out. All you have is this little pistol. And at this point, you know, it's your friend. It was doing good for you. But against Pyramid Head, you might as well just... Big old fuck-off sword. Yeah, just throw it out the window and accept your death. But you're shooting at him. He's like, oh god, make it go away, make it go away. So that is the reveal of Pyramid Head. Just an utterly terrifying scene from the Silent Hill franchise. And also the uh, headline enemy from that series. If you bring up Silent Hill, everybody's going to make Pyramid Head. Head. So, and the other one was... Super Mario Brothers. I'm sorry, the princess is another castle. So it was submitted by Joe. Right, so Joe, go ahead ahead and fill us in on that one. Of course, everybody's familiar with this. Everybody's familiar. Everyone's familiar with this. Anyone born in the 80s who grew up playing the old NES games, Mario specifically. Now, when you're like... (laughs) (laughs) When you're about five to eight years old, and this is the first video game you're playing, and you, you've you gone through the whole thing. The whole first level. The whole first level. You've beaten, what is it, 10 or so overworld uh, levels. Well, the whole first world, right? Yeah. yeah. Wasn't it eight? Oh, yeah, it might be eight. Mm-hmm. And then you go through that, f- that final scary part, the dungeon where there's lava shooting at you and flames that are spinning around in circles, and you have to jump over Bowser. To hit the button and drop him into lava. Unless you have the fire flower. Unless you have the fire flower. But still, oh man, that was hard. Yeah, yeah, it was intense. It's true. And then to have the little fucker with a mushroom hat say, I'm sorry, your princess is in another castle. Being small and disappointed like that <laughs> was just... It's like, oh. Yeah, just like, you're kidding. What? <laughs> <sighs> It's like an every gamer's first, like, what the fuck moments. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody loves Toad for that specifically. Exactly. <laughs> and it makes you play the rest of the game. Right. Now, the problem is you never get to kill Toad, which is no. something, you know. You know, in the new Mario game, if you shoot him, he makes this little ah! noise as if it was strangely pleasant to be shot in the face with a fireball. <laughs> and if you jump on him, can you tell what I do with this game? If you jump on him, he makes this little. Bouncy movement. Ah, ah. So you're saying that Toad's a masochist? Pretty much. I try to abuse the hell out of that guy with every power I get, but he just enjoys it. I see. In Mario Kart, when you sh- knock him into the lava, he goes, Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Don't they all do that? Well, some of them scream in terror, but Toad's... Just Toad loves it. He's like, mm. Something up with Toad. Yeah. I mean, he tries to gamble with you in Mario 3. He just has the vest and a pair of shorts on. It's true. So let's 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 go around. So yeah, vote for which one you want to continue to the next round. All right, so Joe? I'm Princess. Princess. I'm going to say Silent Hill. Thank you, sir. Silent Hill as well. Oh, tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. Nice. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Princess because I haven't played Silent Hill and I don't really know it well enough. Oh, but it does sound really, it doesn't really sound scary. I mean, it, it does sound really scary, but yeah. I pr- think that the I Princess think that, and another castle the, 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 is a the, classic. The, it's an absolute quintessential like every gamer classic moment and you just got to you got to go with that. I will bow to this, but JP, I am go- about to get a 42-inch TV in my new place. And, and you're going to turn the lights off and bite me over and force me to play that damn game. The Silent Hill HD collection is coming out on the 20th, and you and I have a date now oh, with, dear. Terror. with terror. With <laughs> terror. 
All right, so, so down goes I say, Silent yeah, Hill. Toss it on the ground. Toss it on the ground. All right, Administrator, you're up. Pick two. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you just hear the paper? I think what makes this is the face that I'm making. But yes, <laughs> which works great on visual, audio visual, medium. Visual, visual audio. Who are you making that face for? The mic. For us. Myself. All of us wonderful people here. For you. All right. Yes. The first one in the battle. Katamari Damacy opening versus Wing Commander 3, Hobbs Betrayal. So the Katamari Damacy thing is uh, my choice. And the reason that I have this is because you watch this little scene and you have like this really weird song like and you have rainbows showing up and cows and multicolored ducks and multicolored ducks bright red pandas and it's so insane and the reason that I put this on here is one it's really memorable and two I can tell you exactly who, what type of person you are, and how much I really enjoy hanging out with you, based upon your reaction to that opening <laughs> sequence. Uh, and except for one person, I got to kind of throw this in. So if you listen to the tech demo that was episode one, I had said that I have a friend that I play Secret of Mana with to this day. Like, we get together once a year or so. This same friend, was the only person that didn't have a reaction like, oh my god, this is so cool and crazy, or oh, what the, what the No, he didn't say a word. Not until we got to the opening start menu type of thing where con- continue or get a new game, at which point his first words about this was, what a bad user interface. <laughs> <laughs> he must be a developer. Yes, he is. Um, so I can't figure anything out based upon that, but everybody else. Yeah, I there's a totally... pretty dramatic reaction to. Yeah, it's a very reaction. dramatic reaction. I actually have kind of a funny story about Katamari. Um, ah, well, I'm out of drinks. Woo! Four drinks down! Yay! Somebody get her a beer, quick! Oh God damn it! Now the barmaid's coming. <laughs> so self-titled beer wench, I think, is what she has on her shirt. <laughs> So Katamari is actually one of my top 10 favorite games. I love quirky Japanese games. I love Japanese culture. So if you start getting the weirdness in there, it's just even more yeah, my favorite. I'm, I'm not sure there's anything more quirky than that game that's come to America. For Pretty much any game that has a kappa in it, I am in love with it. So I was playing this game for a while. Absolutely loved it. Introducing it to everybody that came over. And so the 8th Henry and I actually had a friend of ours over for dinner. And I thought, hey, let's show this guy this game. Now, this is kind of not a straight-laced guy, a wannabe gangster. Now everybody knows who I'm talking about here. (laughs) And he was sitting on the couch behind me as I turn on the game, and I let the opening play. And as it started, before he really started looking at the game, he's like, yeah, talking, blah, 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 blah. And as the psychedelic colors come down and the cows appear, he goes silent for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) And then all I could hear is slowly, and now mark you, this was whispering, which made it even better. What the fuck? What the fuck? Getting progressively louder. What the fuck is this? 
<laughs> he was actually visibly upset because this game was so far out of his range of understanding. And that in itself made me love the game even more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, barmaid. <laughs> And uh, this is this one's mine. Uh, Wing Commander Three's when 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 Hobbs betrays you. Now, for those of you who haven't played Wing Commander Three, you're missing out. Wing Commander series is really good. It's it's it would probably be really dated now to play it. Back in the day, it was it was kind of in that swing of games that were it was popular to have like full full video characters in it. You know, with Mark like, Hamill right, Mark and Hamill, Biff God. from the. Back to the Future, movie. right? So they say that they would have like you know full you know full actual video Mark characters Hamill in that game. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And you know there, there's the race of the Kelrothi, was it? Kelrothi, Kelrothi, yes. right? And they they were basically like these big beast men, more or yeah, less. Yeah, they're, they're like cat. They're cat-like people, cat-like like tiger-looking people. Right. It was a very very cool story. But you know that 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 is the, those are the two sides. You've got the humans and you've got the Kalrathi, and they're fighting against each other. Yeah. And Hobbes is a Kalrathi that's like on your side. Yes. And is he's is the, the only Kalrathi who's a the friend. only Kalrathi that works on your side, and is and is like one of your very closest friends. And you know you have a selection of people you can choose to be your wingman. Yes. <laughs> I would always choose Hobbes and one other guy. And. So I got really attached to Hobbes because you have like little conversations and stuff, you know. And there's all this drama about you know him fighting against his people and you know, and so he's like really neat. And, and obviously this is Wing Commander three, so he's been there for a while. Yeah. You know, and so you get to this place where you're like, Hobbes is a savage. I love Hobbes. He's great. He's a good friend. He's close. He's awesome. And he's he's a great fighter. He totally elevates your ability to win the, the beat the levels and everything. Uh, you know, and then and all of the you know cutscenes and everything like that. You really get invested in this character. Then he betrays you, and then farther down the line, you end up having to kill him in this game. I swear, like, like after I finished this game and all that happened, I turned the game off. I had tears in my eyes. I'm not kidding. I was, okay, I was a little kid, but I had tears in my eyes, and it literally, like, ruined my day. I was so <laughs> depressed that Hobbes betrayed me. He was my he was my bro, man. Like, he was my buddy. And no, he betrayed me. And then I had to kill him. And it made me so sad. <laughs> and it was just—it was just such an emotional scene. And, and you know, we, we, we've talked about you know games creating a connection, like you know, with with uh, Journey. And this is a game, one of the handful of games throughout all of my gaming you know time, that has really—I've really been able to create a very strong emotional connection with the characters, and then pull on my heartstrings and jerk me around and step on me. And make me feel strong feelings, and and this is is easily one of the one of the most powerful reactions I've had to what they've done to a fictitious character in a game. Yeah, so and it makes it even more for me because um, I have played Wing Commander too mm-hmm. with that same developer friend right. that we talked about. We played that thing together all the time, and that's where you get introduced to Hobbs, and he's like the only person who at the beginning is okay with you because. In a war with Kilrothi, he's the only Kilrothi on the human side, so he's a bit kind of... People don't really trust him too much. And in Wing Commander 2, they don't trust you as a character because uh, because as the story starts, you're on a, you start out on a different ship, and you're the only survivor, and everybody thinks that you're a traitor and killed and blew up your own ship because of the fact that it was actually like a stealth fighter that the Kilrothi did developed and you keep swearing up and down that it's a stealth fighter and nobody believes you so so people think that you're actually a bit of a traitor and so Hobbes doesn't 
really care about that at all. So you, if you've played Wing Commander 2, you have even bigger of a connection with Hobbs. And it's like, when I played Wing Commander 2, I've played Hobbs over and over and over again until they're like, dude, some of the other people are kind of getting a bit jealous. You need to start flying with them. Uh, so Right, so like you know, like, like the Brian's saying, you, know, you, you have a choice in these games as to who you're going to fly with. And you know, basically who's watching your back and who's keeping you alive. Yeah. And you, know, you pick the same person over and over again and you g generate a relationship. And then yeah. they, they take him away from you. Yeah. So anyway, those are the two. Those are the two ones. The, the when, you know, Wing Commander three, when Hobbs betrays you, and then the Katamari Damacy opening. So I, I'm gonna vote. Uh, I'm gonna vote. Oh man, this is you can't. Like, oh yeah, you can't. Yeah, I can't vote. Yeah, yeah, it was the admin vote. that did that. Jerk. My apologies, bro. You know, I'm gonna have to say that the Wing Commander had a more powerful effect on me. You know, I hate these two came up against each other because Katamari Damacy is is easily one of my you know top ten games, and is that intro I used to watch over and over and would enjoy. Like, cause people come over to the house and they'd be like, "Hey, you got to see this intro," and they just not play the game. <laughs> they have no idea what it's about, but I'm like, "Dancing pandas." <laughs> And I remember, like, I traded for a while. It was, I gave you God of War, and you gave me Katamari Damacy. And people were like, why the hell did you trade God of War, which is so badass, for whatever the hell this is? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, but so totally I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to go with Wing Commander. Joe? All right, so uh, the admin and 8th Henry had me over and did the exact same thing to me as they did to their other friend. <laughs> And sat me down and made me watch the opening to that game, and I th I think I just had the the fuck sort of reaction too, but I jumped right in and I for the longest time kept trying to go back to their house so I could play. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember playing Wing Commander when I was a kid. Uh, and I think what stuck more with me for that game was the cinematics and watching Mark Hamill <laughs> playing the main character. Right. So the uh, the story element didn't grab me as much as I think it uh, grabbed you. So I'm going to have to go with the Katamari. Katamari. I never played the Wing Commander series. Oh, crap. I'm so losing this one. So I have to go with what... I know, which is the intro to Katamari, which... Is completely awesome. And, and anyone who's a fan of the kind of comedy that is just sort of random and obscure... And Japanese. Well, not even necessarily Japanese. I mean, you know, Monty Python's been known for, for years for its, its off-the-wall yeah. kind of random, unexpected humor. So it's not even now, specifically Japanese. Different. It, yeah, it's not specifically Japanese. It's, it's a very... It, it, it's almost kind of strange to we Americans to see this kind of off the wall humor. We don't really get it very much, so right. it definitely catches us off guard and definitely. holds a special place. So Katamari for you, Chad. Oh yes. Okay, so I haven't played the Wing Commander games. I'm so glad I don't have to drink when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the Earth, and I have played the Katamari games. But I didn't feel that the opening, yes, it was strange, yes, it was funny, but it wasn't something that stuck with me. From the story elements that have been described, I know those sort of story elements, especially kind of the, the buddy interactions, are something that really get to me, so I'm going to go with the Wing Commander. 
Oh, Tiebreaker for the Brian. This was what I was dreading. I was really dreading that I would have to be the tiebreaker between Most Wing Commander time, yeah. and anything that I put in the bin. <laughs> and and as a result, uh, oh, God, I was really hoping you would pick Katamari Damashii just so I could say Wing Commander and save some face. But, you know, this is me we're talking about. And obviously the choice that I pick is superior. Thus, Katamari Damashii <laughs> is going to the next round. Uh, sorry, Hobbs, but you're going on the floor. Uh, Hobbs is off the table. I'm oh, sorry, Hobbs. Okay. So Please forgive me betrayed. for betraying hey, your inevitable betrayal. Head. All right, let me yeah. shuffle. You guys hear that? Yeah, yeah, you had to you betray. Add one in? No, you and number two. Okay, so... Uh, drink, drink, drink! <laughs> Here's the earth. Wow. All right, the first one, Heavy Rain, the reveal of the Origami Killer. And number two, Advent Rising, first time you use your power. Now first, JP, I have to correct you on your pronunciation. Origami, uh-uh, is origami. 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 That's true. Those poor voice actors could not get that right. Yeah. For... It was like a bunch of, what was it, like Swedish guys speaking I English, think it was Japanese? Like French speaking English or something. They were trying real French hard. French speaking English, saying a Japanese word. It, it added almost a comical element. Like, I'm Nam and Jaden. You know, there was nothing about that game that was straightforward English. You Press X to Jason. Jason! Jason! Okay. But let's talk about that because right. <laughs> I didn't play Heavy Rain for very long. Um, so I, I so, tried to so get up a hill, games. couldn't, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm done playing with this. Have fun with it." Yeah, game. if the game's hard, Brian turns it off. It's pretty much, it's pretty <laughs> yeah, much yeah. Out of if I if I have to feed a small child, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the uh, you know the merit of the of Heavy Rain as a whole aside, we're talking about that moment. So, I will. Elaborate. Has anybody else here played all of uh, of Heavy Rain? Okay, right, I haven't played it, but yeah, I watched I've, you play pretty much. Yeah, JP, I think you should cover this. <laughs> so, the in Heavy Rain, you basically take the role of several different characters that are kind of sw- uh, kind of swirling around in this story about a serial killer called the Origami Killer. <laughs> and, or origami, or origami, and basically what he does is he is he, he drowns young boys and dumps their bodies. Is his kind of mo. And so the whole time you're trying to figure out why did he do this, or they, or he, or she, or whatever. There's there's no real, you know, it's it's children. It's not like you're expecting it to be like a big strong guy because like the people he's taking out are huge or anything. It's fat people are harder to kidnap. People, exactly. That's why they made Fat Princess the game. Like that's, that's right. How that works. Anyway, moving on. The so heavy rain the whole time. You're you're jumping between all of these different characters. You know you've got a detective. You've got you know a, a young a young porter person. You've got a father. You've got you know all this sort of stuff. And it's it's really very. And you know the last one is the FBI agent. I guess I might as well finish all. Of them. And so you're jumping between all these different characters, wondering who it is. And and several times you're kind of directed to think that it's one of them. And it ends up being you know one of the people you're playing. And so the, you're like you're like thinking this whole time. Is it this person? Is it this person? You know, and it, it, it just done masterfully because you never really guess that it's. They, they don't ever do anything overtly while you're playing as that character to know. Oh, this is the guy. Like it's it's always very ambiguous as to you know who might actually be doing it, and it's very possible for several of them potentially to be the origami killer, and 
so when they finally reveal it, it's like, oh, damn! <laughs> so that, really yeah, it was, it was that one? Yeah, it was just very cool. You know, and then it was just, it was a very powerful kind of like, whoa moment. Remember, this is a spoiler-filled area. Who, who, which one and how was it revealed? Like, why is it like, oh, damn! It was... The detective. It was a detective, and it was it, they revealed it in a very, very smooth way, where basically he was burning files that would be incriminating for him. Yeah, he was, he was collecting the, evidence. the whole game. He's trying to quote find this kid and collect evidence from all these people that have you know lost children to the origami killer. And really, what he's doing the whole time is posing as a detective and collecting evidence that could be damning for him and destroying it. Oh. Like, that's what he's doing. I think the worst part about it, too, was that I don't know how you felt about it, but he was one of my favorite characters. He was my favorite character, yeah. no question. Because he seemed like such a good, genuine guy who, like, was kicked off of the force and nobody appreciated. And, you know, it's kind of like that 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 poor detective that, that, you know, everybody makes fun of and chuckles at when he comes into the police station. And But it's just a really damn good guy. And it's just so freaking frustrating when... It ends up being him being the bad guy, and it's it, and it's done in such a way with the sections you play with him that you think he's genuinely trying to help these people and genuinely looking for you know one of the other characters' kid who who's kidnapped and kind of starts the whole story. So it's a very powerful moment. Uh, and then Advent Rising, Dustin, why don't you explain that? That's what that was yours. Okay, so Advent Rising is a game a lot of people it got overlooked. Uh, it actually had a big budget. Drink. <laughs> The game ended up basically breaking the company that made it because of how much they put into it, and it was supposed to be a trilogy, and it didn't do very well. Critically, not critically, just like sales wise. Yeah, commercially. I really enjoyed it, it had a great story. He said, As did I. I really enjoyed it as well. And the moment that I'm talking about is the moment, again, spoilers, Earth has been destroyed, you're one of the last surviving humans, you've lost your fiancé, you're on your own, and you found out that this this alien race, the reason humans are important is that they actually have some sort of like psychic power that can be unlocked. So they've trained you to use it and over this kind of very Rocky-esque montage. Uh, <laughs> oh, Yeah! <laughs> Every story needs a montage. And montage. You, you finally get to the alien homeworld, and you're on basically their last ship. They're they're not doing very well in this war that's going on. And the other alien race shows up with one of their big battle cruisers, and there's no chance you're gonna lose. So everybody on board the ship ends up basically putting on spacesuit spacesuits and. They pull in close to their ship, and everybody just jumps across to the other ship. You have no weapons now, but all of a sudden you have these powers, and you're pissed off because they've killed your fiancé, and they basically wiped out your race, and now you have psychic powers. And you're just you're basically just trying... like a badass, angry Jedi. Yeah, and you're just invading the ship, and you're walking along the outside, and they're like popping out of doorways, and you're just like using psychic powers to just like throw them off into space. Flinging them into space. And like smashing them into walls. And it's just a really cool moment where you really kind of feel for the character because you've just had all this happen and now you just get to have revenge well it's one of I would say one of in in games one of the earliest moments where you really have a sense of real power 
You know, a lot of games these days have kind of taken the superhero direction, like Infamous or Prototype, um, you know, things like that. And those are the two pop in mind anyway. And it gives you the sense of, of empowerment. And that was one of the first games a while back that was like, whoa, I feel like a badass. And it's hard to show this just describing it, but it's one of the few times where I've really, the story in that really gives you a connection with the characters and you actually, it's just a really good story and you actually feel for them and are, are wanting to know more and get into it. Right. Alright, let's do the vote. So, Heavy Rain or Advent Rising? I pulled them so I can't so say Joe. So that's Joe. And that's then right. that means that means administrator, you're gonna be the tiebreaker, so oh, you, be ready. Ha <laughs> I uh, haven't played either, but I have played games where you go the whole game really struggling against tremendous odds and then get this amazing boon at the end and just wipe people away like they're dust. And that is so... Uh, it's... Is it like so big, Joe? Yeah, it... Great! <laughs> <laughs> no, it I was really so close. It was really close. Almost got me. <laughs> and it was akin to a moment in... <laughs> well played! In uh, Rune, which was oh, like yes. a free game you got when you bought... Um, Heavy metal fact too, <laughs> but uh, yeah, at the very end, you're suddenly blessed by the gods, and you one shot everybody, and it's so validating <laughs> that you've been getting your ass kicked this whole game, and then finally you're just ah, I win. So I'm going with that. Advent Rising. So one for Advent Rising. <sighs> I never actually played Advent Rising, but I watched quite a bit of it, and it really looked like a cool concept. It was before all of those ideas of you're the chosen one with superpowers was really played out. I mean, obviously, we've all played the, the snot out of anything that has anything to do with being the legendary hero, hero but you know, the, the, the superpower angle hadn't been played out quite yet. And it also it was a game with an amazing soundtrack with great theatrical oomph to it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with with Advent Rising as well. Ding two for Advent Rising. Uh, Gee for whiz. Me, that was one of my picks to add in the list. I'm gonna go with Advent Rising. Advent Rising three. Yes. And one more thing to add is that it wasn't so much necessarily about the power trip. This isn't something at the end of the game. This is actually almost kind of where the game really picks up. Huh. You've been put in this situation, you're fighting against others, and all of a sudden, now they're putting you up against even bigger odds, but they give you the power to deal with it. That's very well. Okay, so that's three for Advent Rising. Well, you know, I'm trying not to hold any sort of negativity or anything against Heavy Rain and put this objectively. And... For, it's not you know, working. For what? No, for what it's worth, <laughs> Heavy Rain's really cool. I have a lot of respect for that. That being said, the way that Dustin described it, you know, with like, yeah, you lost your wife, your entire race, these people are pretty much about to die, and you have this nice power trip where you're throwing people out the airlocks and stuff, and you have a Rocky S montage. Montage! Uh, you have uh, 
I have to go with Advent Rising. So four for Advent Rising. I want to play Advent Rising even though that I know that it's the first game of uh, first in a series of one in the trilogy. I'm not a tiebreaker. I get to choose whatever I want and not feel bad about it. That's right. Where are you? So, you know, this is actually a hard one, which is glad that which is why I'm glad that my vote has no bearing on it. On uh, one hand, Advent Rising does sound really, really cool. But at the end of the day, it's kind of a collection, a part of a collection of games that are pretty much the same. You know, you're a dude, bad stuff happens to you, you get superpowers, and you kick ass. It's so. Don't forget credits. It's so standard. Now, despite enjoying Heavy Rain, I did have a lot of problems with that game. But one thing that I can't fault that I really enjoyed about it was the fact that. It was a slice of life, albeit a very strange and somewhat depressing life, and completely weird when it comes to the FBI agent, Don and Jaden, his magical powers, but it wasn't a superhero game. It was a genuine mystery, and it almost had a fuck you moment at the end, where you get so attached to the character that ends up being the bad guy, and that really makes me upset when that sort of thing happens because you so become so emotionally connected to the dude that you're trying to get rid of but at the same time you're angry at a game that means that the game did its job it got you sucked into the point where you're really upset about what the truth is and it did a good job of that despite all the other quirks it did pull me in to the point where i was really upset at the end so I'm gonna give it to Heavy Rain, but it doesn't matter. I don't have to feel guilty so because one, so one to four. Yeah. <laughs> Evan Rising wins. Origami killer goes away. Bye bye origami on the ground. Ooh, away it goes. All right, Joe. Pick right. from a hat, my friend. <laughs> what do we got? Got Final Fantasy VII's The Death of Aerith versus Gears of War Two: Finding Dom's Wife. Oh. So who wants to start with The Death of Aerith? Oh, I think JP needs to do this. I'll do The Death of Aerith. Uh, I, I can I can confidently say about spoiler both my, alert both about, 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 about about both myself and Chaz that we more or less dedicated a year of our lives to that game. <laughs> We would come over to my house a whole summer, is very easily easy. a whole summer, but months of our lives easily of this game. We'd come home after school, sit in the garage, play this game, and like trade back and forth and just play it. And it, granted, it's a huge freaking game. You could easily put in a hundred hours into it, but we loved Final Fantasy VII. That being said, again, you really got a real connection to the character. Excuse me, I got hiccups now. Uh, a real connection to the characters. And Aerith was the flower girl that you first meet in the original, in the beginning. And she's basically the game's healer. I mean, there's other characters that can heal, uh, but she is, like, the best healer. And you can work her all the way up and get her, like, super awesome unlock power that you can get to, for characters way high later in the, in the game. And it takes a lot of time and energy, and it's, it's not easy. And... She, can, she seems to be kind of like a main romantic interest for the main character the whole way through. And uh, kind of out of nowhere, 
one of the main bad guys drops out of the sky and stabs her in the gut. And she dies. And it's kind of like, oh, really? Just kind of out of nowhere. And it's just this, like, horrible, sad scene. And, you know, it cuts through and, like, her necklace breaks. And you watch, like, a bead from her necklace just fall from stair step to stair step down to your feet. And there's a whole scene where you, like, you know, bury her and, like, let her go in this, like, water. And it's just, it was so sad. Like, I was, I wanted to cry. It was so sad. I just, I just, I... Wanted it, to? <laughs> Alright, fine. I cried. I'm a big crybaby. really emotional gaming experience. I do. It's true. I get, well, you know, I, I, I find that if you let yourself get, you know, really get swept up with the experience, it's... You break more controllers. <laughs> There's that. Dude, Majora's Mask. I had this awesome purple N64 controller, man. You had Not anymore. Had. <laughs> no well, said. Anyway, basically, you know, suffice it to say that Aerith is a character that you can, you can if you play, if you use her a lot, because again, there's choices to who you have in your party. You can't get very attached to, and they take her from you in a violent fashion and have, you know, quite a amazing full video of you burying her. And it's, you can get very kind of emotionally like, <clears throat> at that scene. It's a very powerful scene. I would say one of the most powerful scenes in gaming. So, what was, what was the other one? The uh, Gears of War 2. So that'll be that'll be our resident bro, the Brian. That's right. Dude bro, thank you. Dude bro, thank you for showing So... Now I'm really pissed because I know what's going to win this round. And this scene was basically why I, what, is what gave me the idea of this. That and the One Shiny Moment song by Luther Vandross. Luther, I love you, I miss you. Um, so, what it is, is Dom is the character that Player 2 plays in uh, Gears of War 1 and 2. You have Marcus as the main character, and Dom is the second character if you're co-op in the game. And throughout the first two games, he is looking for his missing wife. Because the game takes place in this, basically, war with these um, this other race that they just found out, like, really existed. They thought they were kind of a boogeyman, but they actually, like, just emerged on what's called Emergence Day, and then started a big war with these people. And Dom's kids were killed, I think had kids, yeah, were killed, and the wife was taken away. And so he is desperate to find his wife. And there are a couple of times where he, in Gears of War 2, where he gets a couple of leads that look like really solid leads, and they turn out to be just not right. And so he's getting really frustrated. And they do this thing where, in the game, they introduce a character named Ty, who's this really badass warrior. And during the game, he gets captured for, uh, by the Locusts, I believe are the uh, name of the uh, bad guys in Gears of War. Right. And so you have, and he gets captured and is basically tortured for a span of hours. And you find him, you release him from this device that he's being held in, and, and you're about to get into this fight, and they're like, here's a gun, we need your help. And you can tell that something's not right with him, and um, they give him the gun, and he just kind of like kind of looks mindless and just puts the gun to his head and shoots his head off. Um, yeah, th so that gives you a bit of a foreshadowing of just how brutal their torture is, because he was only doing this for hours. And uh, Dom's wife has been gone for years, and he gets um, a hint where they're going into this main like hive area underground, and. They said that there were some people there, and somebody tells them, like, but if she is down there, you're better off, she's better off if she's dead. And so they find her, and she's in this pod. And, like, they release the pod, 
and you see everything through like this uh, sapia rose-colored view and he sees his wife just as how he saw her last and um, he's like oh my god it's Maria and they cut over to uh, Marcus who has just this horrified look it's like oh my god Dom and he looks back and you see like this sapia rose-colored thing kind of fade to the real color and you see what she actually looks like and she is so malnourished that like she's just skin and bones most of her hair is missing, some of her teeth are missing, and she's you can tell she's a husk. There is no life in those eyes. And so he finally finds his wife, and he's freaking out because it's like, she's no longer there. She's the living dead, basically. And he's like freaking out. He's like, I don't know what to do. What, Marcus, what do I do? What can I do? And Marcus is like, I can't help you with this one. And he starts walking away. And you see just Marcus walking away, and you hear a gunshot. Um, and, and so, like, my roommate at the time, who is not a sci-fi guy, not a gamer guy, we were both kind of bros, um, we were like, oh, like, <clears throat> looking around, like, yeah, I think, you know, I'm tired, I'm gonna hit something the... in my eye. <laughs> There's something in my eye. Yeah, I think I've got some dust in my eye. I'm gonna see you later. And so we didn't play the game for, like, a few weeks. And it was, like... Like, I'm getting a bit choked up just remembering that scene. It's powerful. It's really, it's one of the most powerful scenes in all of gaming to me. And the fact that it's in a game that's kind of a dudish game that's not known for its story is kind of even more amazing. Right. So let's start with Chaz. Well, you know, I experienced the whole uh, Final Fantasy VII thing firsthand, but just the description of, of the way that that... that Scene played out in in Gears of War. That 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 was haunting. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to go with the dark horse on this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with oh, Gears of War. Gears ah. of War. So one for Gears of War. Um, I'm Drink. not a fan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan of the Gears of War series. I really dislike one. Two was a little bit better, and I haven't even bothered to play three. I played the crap out of Final Fantasy VII, but to be fair with that, I didn't like Aerith. <laughs> it, nevertheless, it was a really powerful scene, but it just didn't get to me. And it was losing a, a person who was part of your, your group, and so yes, it was really powerful, but it didn't get to me. So from the description, I'm going to go with Gears of War as well. Oh man! Oh, None wow. of my things are getting picked. <laughs> I can't believe this, but I've already said that this is the reason that Gears uh, of War is, uh, or this this scene is the reason that I picked this thing. I've got to go with the Gears of War scene. Gears of War, so three I, Gears of War. I was thinking that it would be like four to one, Eris versus Gears of War. Wow. Three hours later. Well. The bro game has a soul. I'm slightly impressed. <laughs> um, as you can probably tell, I don't bother with much of the bro games. Uh, so that was a serious scene. This is yeah. kind of a tough call. You just said you're from, you have to drink now. Damn! <laughs> that wasn't a dream. God damn it. Hush up. I'm not sure I can stand up at this point. Though... I think what really will be the deal breaker for me is I'm one of those people who really stand by their guns as far as 
do not forget your roots. I think that's why the New Legend of Zelda game got such a high score is because people were willing to forget or never experience the wonder that was Ocarina of Time. The death of Eris was one of the pinnacles of our gaming childhood. Everybody knows the death of Eris. Even people who didn't play the game know the death of Eris. Even people who don't play Final Fantasy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's infamous. In yeah, it's iconic. So, because that was such an important moment in gaming history, I'm going to have to stick with Eris. You know, that being said, though, I think that scene lends something to modern gaming and bro gaming in that. But still there. <laughs> I, I, I'm definitely going to go with, with the with the Eris death. I mean that that just you know it got to me. It really got to me. And I, I think that you know the Gears of War sounds really emotional and powerful, and in some ways a whole lot more twisted. You know, but I think that I have a hard time believe. I have a hard time imagining that they could create as a strong of a connection. Between the wife character that you've never seen, yeah. or the or the or the or the guy character that's been that's looking for his wife, who mentions it a couple of times, and it's kind of like sounds like sort of like a background story, instead of a character who fights with you in every battle, who's there to heal you when you're dying, and is resurrect you when you black out fighting a boss who gets stuck, and is like a, an important character and important to the to the Final Fantasy story. So I'm definitely gonna go with Eris. So, so that's still uh, three to two. For so Eris on the floor. No, oh, looks like she's going down again. Oh, that's so sad. I'm gonna try and make it bounce all the way down. It's, it's so mean. It's so mean. Okay, Chaz, you're up. All right, we got Fallout Three, the first time exiting the vaults. And doom when you die. <laughs> well, anybody that's played well, either of those, but anybody that's played Fallout, which I'm, I'm looking at you, Chaz. <laughs> Chaz has like multiple Fallout characters that are all close to 100 hours. Yeah, for Fallout Three. Chaz is the Over reason that's that's not that's not that doesn't scratch the surface, does it? Yeah, I have a, an. I have about five characters on Fallout 3 averaging about 300 hours each. Holy shit! Wow. Yeah. See, see, the thing Holy is, is that shit. Chaz that's, is the reason impressive. that I am terrified of playing Fallout 3. <laughs> I am worried that it'll be like, it'll consume Yeah, I keep me. trying to like get the Brian to play it. Like, I always feel like a drug dealer. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm terrified <laughs> Well, the, the thing about it that's so funny is that at the, at the time that Fallout 3 came out, Gabe Henry, Chaz, and myself were all living together. And I bring it home, because I hear it's really good, but don't really know shit about it. Play a little bit of it and think, wow, that's really cool. And then set it down and don't really keep playing. Then, the 8th Henry sits down and starts playing it, and I notice that he has a house. Like, a dwelling, his own place to call home in his game. And I think to myself, oh, that's awesome. And so... I go back, play more of it, and then absolutely get sucked in and just cannot stop. And so there was a, t and then the same thing happened with Chaz. Just started playing it and could not stop. And so you don't, don't even pretend you were a pusher. You pushed it on on on, on the eighth Henry, and you pushed it on me. That's true. So because do not I'm, pretend okay, first one is a drug dealer. Okay, fine. But 
what what it, what the result was is that essentially there was a race to see who could get home from fir- work first to claim the Fallout Three. Oh, I didn't play that game. I just stayed up all night. Just stay, yeah, Chaz would stay up all night when we'd go. to Dawn bed. was my bedtime. Yes, and but but between between the eighth Henry and I, there was a race to see who could get home first to play the game. And he typically won because he got off before I did. I remember so hearing stories home. that Chaz was like. They would find, they wake up and find the game console on with Just Chaz asleep yeah. with the controller in his hand. Like half, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that game consumed us for a long time. Anyway, so, yeah. The, with, and with that first reason. moment so, was huge. So, so describe reason. the sequence of the vault versus stepping so out. So the, the, the entire, like the entire first couple, I mean, hour or so of the game is, is you know... In, it's not an hour. Well, it's it's, fine, it's maybe 20 minutes. The, the thing with Fallout is it's... An extremely vivid environment where you really have this visceral sense of space. And when you're in the vault, you feel almost claustrophobic, like the walls are closing in on you. And you're there for maybe 20, 30 minutes if you're really exploring the space, really trying to find every little last doodad you can possibly play with. And then you step out into the actual game, and you realize you can see for miles. And you can go anywhere you can see. And it's just, it's overwhelming. And just the sense of, of wonder and almost... And Almost anxiety, and it's highlighted by you being in the dark for so long in a low lit vault, and then stepping out into the open world in the middle of the day, and your screen goes white because of exposure, you're completely blinded, right. and then it clears slowly, and it just fades into this vast landscape. Yeah, extraordinary, it's extraordinary scene. And what was the other one? The doom when you die. So, Joe, you put that one in. Why don't you explain that for us? So, this is the first Doom game. This is the PC, you know, Windows 3.2, that you had to run through DOS. Uh, at about halfway through the first set of levels. Or maybe even at the end of the first set of levels, because there's, I think, three to four... Um, stages of the game so at the end of the first one the game kills you it, you think you, this is just you know regular end of the level suddenly you teleport into this dark room your screen starts flashing that you're being hit and you're hearing monsters all around you and suddenly you're dead and again playing this as like a 10 11 year old you think which is entirely pro- appropriate of course oh yeah what oh, yeah games didn't have ratings back then <laughs> i know doom, games are for kids doom yeah. is easily one of the first games that like should have been rated r oh yeah blood rated m for mature yeah. they didn't have that back then blood, I, I i actually I said doom 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 should be rated r cuz there was no m for mature there was right. no esr yeah, there ratings was, back there, then there literally were no ratings back then and again, it was another of these oh, what the hell moments. Yeah. That was punctuated by. I don't know about anyone else's experience playing this game, but I had my own computer. I think a whole like 64 megabit, <laughs> megabyte uh, 
hard drive and running an old CRT monitor. So with top an actual one. floppy drive. <laughs> oh, yeah. actually floppy drive. Like, yes, yeah, like the five point, yeah. the five and a quarter inch floppy drive. Yeah. Yeah. You don't talk yeah. shit about floppy drives. No, I don't. No, They're this awesome. this was on a hard like three okay. and a half. Days, but, but yeah, being you know eleven years old and staying up all night playing this game. You know, it was one of the first ones that had the uh, running motion where you're bobbing up and down. Right. Running through dark hallways and shooting at monsters that pop out of nowhere. They're making scary noises throughout the entire goddamn game. And being a little kid and suddenly transported into the dark and blah, blah, blah. And then dying. Scared the crap out of me. And still bothers me to this day. Even if you had the um, god mode on. <laughs> Which, you know, as a kid, I, I cheated. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. It, the monsters would just keep coming until you finally decided to turn god mode off and just die. <laughs> so, yeah. I remember me and Chaz playing it on the Sega 32X. <laughs> He got it and came over to my house and he stayed up all night playing it. And I remember we were, we were terrified. It was, it was scary. So scary. It was one of the first scary games. <laughs> and I just remember us, uh, you know, staying up all night one night, sitting there playing it. All right, well, let's start. So, so Dustin, what's what's your what's your vote there? Um, drink. <laughs> This is a tough one. This is probably, I would say, the toughest for me yet. Because I have a lot of really vivid memories of Doom. But I'm also a sucker for the... Just that effect when a game this opens up to you. Mm -hmm. uh, Drink. <laughs> we also just had um on there. We'd be dead. Yeah. Why do you think I rolled with butt um? <laughs> Hey, that particular <laughs> moment in Doom wasn't one that stuck with me as much, though. So I'm going to go with Fallout. Alright, so one for Fallout. Make it two for Fallout. Two for Fallout. Hmm. You know, I haven't played Doom, and I haven't played a lot of Fallout, despite everybody's greatest efforts. And the fact that you own Stay it. Stay strong. Yeah. Stay the, strong. The, the, the fact that you own like the collector's edition, so that you could have the pay, the lunch pail. And the bobblehead. Don't forget the bobblehead. I play with that thing constantly. Yeah. I guess going to end it's up. And it is the merch now. queen. I am. It's kind of sad, but I absolutely love the merch. I, you know, I don't know if it's because the eighth Henry played so much of it that he limited my go. ability to. <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> Don't there, worry. It's Jenga in the back. This is drunken Jenga happening Jenga. right now. Wow. So. so, as I was saying, I don't know if it's because of the 8th Henry played Fallout so much on my computer that it limited my ability to do work. <laughs> <laughs> but. 
I still appreciate the game for what it is and for how addictive it, that it is. And despite the fact that the people are just the ugliest things on the planet, there is that. The environment is really majestic, and even though Doom is one of those, you know, important games in gaming history, kind of have to go with Fallout. So three for Fallout. Fallout for show. For me, definitely Fallout. Well, I put Doom in. But I'm, I know you guys know, I have been playing the Fallout series since the first one. Yeah, I, I got Fallout 3 and was like, Joe, you gotta check out this game. He's like, I know, I played Fallout 1 and 2. And Brotherhood of Steel. <laughs> All of them. And, and I probably have close to the same amount of hours Chaz has on 3. And I'm pushing 500 hours on New Vegas. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know why I've played it that many times. <laughs> I'm, I'm to th on New Vegas, I'm to three characters, four characters with uh, probably an average about 200 hours on each. Wow, and I thought I was at quite a bit with 120 on my one. Yeah, I got 30 hours in, still hadn't seen Vegas, and was like, done. <laughs> Gotta have Does some it patience, count that man. I have maybe 15 minutes Chess, in? Chess, 30 hours is like a good twice of most game lengths. How much? It's, and you still haven't seen what the game 3, is named for. How much of Fallout 3 was actually in DC. But not enough. But to be fair, Fallout stuff was in Fallout Three. Yeah, but to be fair, to be fair, the quest chain takes you to uh, Three Dog pretty early, inside thirty hours easily. I didn't actually if, make if it to Three. Straight. I didn't make it to Three Dog until I was into my second character, 500 hours in. Okay, fine, but you at least get you at least get a comfortable whatever. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, despite uh, fond memories of Doom, I'm going with Fallout. Clean so street for unanimous Fallout. Fallout, Fallout yeah. got the uh, got got the full slide. Doom is doomed. Flawless victory. All right, Doom and cupcakes. Doom. And cupcakes. <laughs> Okay, we have Infamous 2, the evil ending where you have to kill Zeke, your best friend. Yeah, and spoilers then, again. <laughs> and then Uncharted 2, the opening scene. So uh, both of yours. Both of yours. <laughs> okay, so also, one of the worst possible things that could happen. Well, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do Uncharted because I, you know the other one a little better. It, that, that first scene in Uncharted 2 where your character wakes up and he's in a, a train hanging off the edge of a cliff in the snow it is just incredible. It's, it's, it's an excellent example of how amazing Naughty Dog is and how cinematic all their stuff is, which is clearly their point. And, you know, climbing out of that thing as it's falling out and running through it and just that dynamically changing environment, it, it's, just, it's just like, holy crap. You know, if you remember when you first see that scene, you don't even realize that it's Ping. I mean, he's just sitting there. Yeah, no, I mean, there's there's like flashbacks going on, and pretty much it, it, he wakes up and he's looking around. And he's like, oh shit, this is my blood. Oh shit, oh shit, and it like pans back and stuff falls down. Yeah, no, up until that point, you don't even realize that you're hanging. Right. It shows it looking like you're just sitting in a train car, and then he realizes blood, and all of a sudden it changes to stuff falling. You realize that you're hanging upside down. Yeah, it's a very amazing opening scene. And then the other one... Uh, so, for me, this is one of the most powerful scenes. That This is the one that instantly came to mind. And 
Again, like before, what made me go with the Gears of War one is I'm a sucker for the kind of the buddy element in the stories. And you have this best friend who's been with you for two games. And he's betrayed you at times, but towards the end of this game, he's really gotten to be your friend again. And it, the ending, you don't even really feel bad about it. It feels like something that you have to do. And you just come to the scene where he realizes, he's just there and tells you, he's like, I know why you're doing this. I know you don't have a choice, but that's going to kill me. And so you have to realize why I have to fight you and I can't do this either. And so he knows he can't kill you because you have superpowers, but he sits there with a gun and just shoots at you. And it just waits for you to do something. And I couldn't okay. get myself to it. I sat there for like 10 minutes just hoping something else would happen and I wouldn't have to do this. Right. And it makes you hit the button and you zap him with electricity. And he drops a little bit. But he keeps coming and shoots you more. Oh, so you have to like do it a couple more. times. And you have to sit there and just slowly shock him to death. And it's just one of the... Like I said, I sat there for like 10 minutes just hoping it would give me some other option, but it doesn't. It just doesn't. And it makes you kill your best friend in the game. So... And so for me, that's that's one of the that that was the one that came to mind when this was brought up. All right, Brian, you're All up. right. So um, I'm gonna go with Infamous Two simply because in the first game I couldn't stand Zeke. I actually wish I could have killed him in the first game. By the end of the second game, I loved Zeke, and I couldn't choose the evil ending because it meant, oh well, then he's gonna die. Um, you just so, couldn't do it. I, I just couldn't do it. Can't do it. So it's got to be Infamous 2, Death of Zeke. Well, this one actually is kind of hard for me as well. Uh, damn it. <laughs> drink, drink, drink. Anything that Naughty Dog does is a thing of absolute beauty. And I remember watching that cutscene over and over again online just because I couldn't get over how awesome it was and how great it looked. But I really enjoyed Zeke in Infamous. I thought he was a funny character and I really liked him a lot. So even though I didn't play to the point where I had to get that ending, that would have been really hard for me. And I don't think that I could have done it. I think I would have been in Dustin's position where I would just sit there and hope that maybe there was some secret way to avoid it. So. Yeah, I'm going to go with Infamous. Yeah, I'll go with Infamous too. Absolutely. Infamous 2 as well. <laughs> I, I definitely agree. That, that, that's, that's a much, much more powerful scene, even though the first one is incredible and beautiful. There's just something about that, that element of jerking you around with a character you care about. It's just, it's just a powerful thing. So three, so three for Infamous. I, I think I'm going to take Uncharted 2. Mm-hmm. Um... I actually didn't play either of the games, played the first Uncharted, um, but just knowing how dynamic the gameplay was and how cinematic it was, I can only imagine that that opening cutscene was probably Extraordinary. something to you know, hold your breath through. So, so three to one so far. Still infamous. I'm going with Uncharted because... It just pisses me off because I, I loved Infamous and I haven't played Infamous 2. 
and it's been spoiled for me, and so I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm not. No, 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 I'm not. I'm you not voting that. No, no. Hey, the it Brian ruined it. Whole warning at the at the beginning of the segment. You should have turned off your MP3 That doesn't. Player. That doesn't change the fact that I'm pissed and, and I'm voting against it. So, uncharted. So two. So two to two to three. Looks like this is the winner. All right. So, next up, we have Dragon Spirit. It was all just a dream. Versus Aladdin for the Sega Genesis. What? <laughs> well played. Uh, Resident Evil 2, the appearance of the liquor at the police station. Somebody got sneaky with a hat. No, no, that one. No, no, that one. Again, six Miyamoto's out of ten for Aladdin for the same. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, does anybody want to fill us in on those, or, or are we just good to vote? Who would like to start with Dragon Spirit? Oh, that's Joe. Yeah. So the eighth Henry has been bitching about Dragon Spirit. For, let's see, I've known him for 23 years. So I think 22 years he's been bitching. <laughs> this is an SNES game, folks. Yeah. It's a, a top down flight sim type shooter. And like the 1942 uh, and those games. Like what a bullet hell type of thing. Speaking. Raiden is the really famous top down. Yeah, yeah. What do they call them? Like bullet hell games. Bullet hell games. Bullet yeah. Hell. yeah. Okay. But you you play as a dragon. You shoot fire at the bad guys. You get upgrades. Shoot bigger fire. So Eighth Henry plays this game for at least a month. That's it. Just over and over, getting closer and closer to the end. When he finally beats it. He is so ecstatic until when he's about to save the princess from the castle or whatever the hell happens. And the screen fades away and a little kid wakes up. I think it was a little girl wakes up and says, oh, it was all just a dream. Oh, not cool. I going the St. Elsewhere route. Yeah, like literally, I can hear him across town at work right now. Just cringing. <laughs> Just curling in anger about us talking about this. He is still legitimately upset about this at game ending. Yeah, he was Two probably like bitch out of the game creator. He still is angry about this. To have an, a Super Nintendo game <laughs> piss you off that much that you'll hold a 20 year grudge, I can only imagine how profound an effect that is. Cool. And what was the other one? The other one the was... Resident Evil 2, the appearance of the liquor at the police station. I guess I'll take it. So, being another horror survival game, it's obviously a game that I enjoyed immensely. Basically what goes down is you're in this police station. It's pretty much the same setup as Resident Evil 1. You're going through, you know, a room room-by-room room basis, trying to get through, get clues, that sort of thing. You come to this hallway, and on the left side of the hallway 
it's flanked by windows. And I think there was something going on, if, if I remember correctly, there were like emergency um, metal panels that were supposed to come down that didn't come down all the way or something like that because the electricity got cut. I'm not sure if I heard this, right? Either way, one way or another, the windows are exposed. They're just glass windows. You're running down the hallway and then all of a sudden some creepy ass monster bursts straight through one. And you always have to test like, oh god, their windows are going to happen, something is going to happen, something is going to happen. But in previous hallways, nothing would go down. So you've got the sense of, oh, you know what, I'm just freaked out. You're just trying to scare me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then something finally happens, and it happens to be a liquor, which is just this creepy-ass, gross monster. It likes to lick you and kill you. Uh, I'm not sure lick's the right term. I mean, it uses its tongue as a weapon, but yeah. So it leaps through the window, scares the hell out of you, and proceeds to attack you. And at least in my case, I emptied a whole round of ammo trying to kill the thing, because I was so freaked out that I was just shooting wild and... Definitely. Yep. Okay, well, let's, let's start. Who, who, who pulled them? The, Brian? Brian. All right, so, Administrator, what you got? You know, as much as I love Resident Evil, I'm going to have to go with the 8th Henry's Bane, because I hear about this game, oh God, at least once or twice a month. <laughs> He's an angry man. I mean, okay, yes, he is a very angry man, but he specifically... <laughs> Specifically, is still angry about this game. It might be the source of all of his. It anger. could very well be. It started early. I, I actually childhood. remember him being a fairly jovial person before this. Before this game, yeah. and you have to remember that he loved this game right up to that moment. Oh, you know when that happened. <laughs> he was so upset because he had put so much of his time and effort into this game. So that game was so hard, and he was just so attached. So the yeah. so the game that ruins a man's happiness for his life. Yeah, I'm gonna so have to go with one that. shiny oh, moment in the video game right Yeah, now. yeah, I'm going with that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll have to go with you. That's that's uh, you know, game games that that a game is all about creating a sense of accomplishment. I feel. I mean, we've talked at length about that, and you know, I mean, for me, on on a core level, I mean, there's art games, there's there's beautiful games, there's games that are emotional and all that. But I think the reason why I keep coming back is that I appreciate that sense of accomplishment. That you know, get your butt kicked, keep trying, do better, finally achieve what you want, and and you know, you're, you're expecting that kind of that crescendo to that ending of the game to be like, wow, that was awesome, that was worth it, holy crap. And when you get to the end of a game and the game's like, ah, it was just a dream. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I'd want to break something. So I, th I, I mean, that just sounds really freaking up frustrating. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with what was it dragon? Dragon spirit. Dragon spirit. Yeah. No, fuck that. That's bullshit. So anti dragon spirit. So that's two for dragon spirit. I'm going with dragon spirit. Three for dragon spirit. Jazz. Yep. Four for dragon spirit. Four for dra dragon spirit. I'm gonna disagree. <laughs> it's a bullet hell shooter game. There's no story to it. <laughs> There's nothing. You play as a dragon from the top down and you shoot shit to the end of the game. Right, but it's still, you're still working for it, is my point. You're still working for Nobody it. Nobody hates Mario 2. Oh, wait. Uh, but for me, the. Resident Evil 2, that moment is what stands out to me out of all the Resident Evil games. That's what I remember, is walking down that hallway, seeing the liquor skitter past the windows, and then you get down to the later window and it jumps in, 
that oh, is no, 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 the no, no, no. moment that I remember out of all the Resident Evil games. Though, to the 8th Henry's credit, I'm sure he had some of, like, inner monologue thing going on where he had created the story about those dragons. <laughs> That's true. I mean, he, he's he's, he's one of the writers for Pandamanga and is a, you know, perpetual D&D dungeon master and is just a, just a story maker to his core. So I can, I can imagine that he had an entire story and he was waiting for the end and, you know, with a tear in his eye and then it was like, oh, little kid. Was probably I mean, not really to say that I didn't love Resident Evil, but... For that game to haunt me, and I never even played it. <laughs> Powerful. Yeah. Powerful. Mm. All right, so four, four to one. Four to one. It's uh, it's the dragon takes the cake. Dragon takes the cake. All right. Last of this round. Last two. Yeah, you can't even really make a noise anymore. Okay. <laughs> They're both together. So. All right, for the final round. Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, the reveal of Sheik's identity. Oh god, these are both mine. Versus Amnesia, the dark descent, the flooded hallway scene. Am I just gonna have to explain these both? Yes, you are. You are. Oh god, I don't even get to vote. Okay, you don't. Do I'll, explain, I'll explain Zelda. Okay, okay. Okay, I'm gonna make this really brief, but basically, uh, you spend the whole game running around with this mysterious figure aiding you at the exact right moments. Oh, hey, hey, hey. The important half of the game. Well, yeah. And then <laughs> like, the, the time comes to, to find out who this mysterious benefactor is, and it turns out that it's. It's been the princess all along. Oh, She's not no, 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 no. That is not an accurate representation of the majesty of this reveal. First of all, you're not even covering the sexual tension that has been building in the game up until this point, and the relief What's that you... sexual tension? Okay, in the ice cave... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, you remember, it's a you couple remember, of guys. Yeah, that's the Largest... <laughs> Biggest, most incredibly ridiculous Zelda fan. Yeah, you think you put in a lot of hours into Fallout. Let me tell you. Now, this was the first game where I saw a skybox. Except back in the day, it was a sky cube. Moving along. No, the reason why I put this in is because there was kind of an interesting build between Zelda and Sheik's character. And the fact that I felt this when I was like a pre-teenager is a little strange, but that's besides the point. The fact of the matter is, is that Sheik was a very important character in this game. He, slash she, was leading you through and showing you all the things that had happened while you were just asleep in this other realm, sacred realm. You were just enjoying yourself, growing really hot and tall and long-eared. Whoa, movie about Anyway! <laughs> <laughs> so Sheik brings you into the storyline and helps you find your way through, and then at the point where you're getting ready to go and defeat Ganon, it's revealed that your companion this entire time was the very person you were trying to save. It adds a lot to the game because it changes Zelda from just your standard, Ooh, I'm in another castle, princess, to somebody who's actually trying to defend her land. You know, I think Zelda's really an unappreciated character, and in a lot of games they try and change that, for example, Twilight Princess, but... It's good for women to protect their land because we know when it, when it comes to attracting women, all men want vast tracts of land. <laughs> vast. No, you know I do think I do think that it's a good point though because you you 
most of Miyamoto's games, well, the big one, the, the big and the Jenga Falls. <laughs> no, uh, the, the, most of the yes. big two yes. is, are, are yes, who toppled it? The dog. Um, the dog. The uh, if you've got Mario and then you've got the Legend of Zelda, and in one of them, Mario Princess Peach. Let me get into that. Yeah. Is just this like useless, weak trophy. Yeah. She's just terrible. She doesn't. Hey, have she made you a toy. Even when she got her own game, it was insulting. Did anybody play that monstrosity? I remember hearing about it. There was a vibro wand. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Princess Peach is always pretty helpless. And just, you know, taken up by this big monster and sitting in her tower just waiting for her little chubby plumber guy to come get her. And, you know, it is refreshing. For there to be a character who is a princess, and you know that a princess is is, is is royalty. They're supposed to be taking care of their land. I mean, the queen was ran. I mean, the the, the, the you know England was is was run by a queen forever. It is continually run by a queen, a woman. So it's not like women in royal power aren't. You know, I mean, it's like so. It, it, it's 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 nice to see that. Yeah, and Sheik was a real badass. When you go back and really think about it, pretty cool character. Oh yeah, absolutely. So to have it revealed that it was the very character you were trying to save. And a girl. And a girl. I, I think was really cool. Miyamoto's progressive. <laughs> you know, it was cool, but I don't buy the sexual tension. Okay, oh, let's, let's not fight over the sexual tension. Yeah, let's, let's not fight over Fine, it. moving so, on. So then the Amnesia of the Dark Descent. So I think JP and I were the only ones who actually played any amount of this game. And I'll go ahead and talk about it because JP probably isn't comfortable thinking about it. I think I just wet myself. Yeah, so Amnesia of the Dark Descent is, as you may uh, suspect, a horror survival game. <laughs> Whoa, really? Well, a horror, no. hopefully, survival game. Yeah. Uh, despite some really mixed reviews, one thing that this game had in spades was real tension, real senses of terror. It was genuinely scary. It and, really and was. was. The, the, this is made, made by a company called Penumbra? Is that, or is that the... No. Oh, jeez. Okay, well, we'll look at it. <laughs> yeah. It was their earlier game, wasn't it? Yeah, Penumbra, Penumbra, the Penumbra was their earlier game. Anyway, the, the this company, they they their method for making games scary is taking away user strength and power. So instead of you being like this powerful badass kicking doors in and shooting people and having like health packs and shit, you're essentially just a guy without much resources in the middle of this dangerous environment. You've just lost your memory. So yes, just no... scraping by to try and survive. There's no combat. There's no nothing. Basically, you can run, hide, jump, and that's it. And carry things. And use stuff. And so, you know, it, it's got like this puzzle sort of aspect to it, but for the most part, you can't fight back against these creatures. Your only ability is to... Hide. So, you know, something's chasing you, you run in a door, close the door, put something in front of the door, and hide in like a cabinet, you know, and just hope that it passes you by. I mean, that's the kind of game, and so there's this incredible tension. And to make matters worse, you're afraid of the dark. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the more you're in the dark, the more crazy it gets. But essentially, the scene is you're all of a sudden getting hurt by something as you're standing in water in this room looking around, and you, you, freak out, run up, jump on a table, and the next thing you know, you look back, and there's like these splashes of water coming at you, Yeah. and then it disappears, and there's nothingness. So, and then it kind of splashes around a little bit more, and it's just this like awful, invisible monster chasing you around in the water. And you, you really have to imagine the scene. You're in a dark hallway. 
I think this might be a level where there are some torches on the wall. You have a lantern with you, but you burn through uh, the fuelant. So you could end up being stuck in the dark very easily if you use that all the time. You're a dark hallway, it's flooded. If you take a step, you hear an echoing step, but it's not your own. You can get away with very slowly moving through the water. Step, pause. Step, pause. And the monster, or whatever it is that's following you, will do the same thing. But there's something very spooky about hearing something moving in the water. So, your first inclination, especially with run. limited yeah, light, is to run. If you run, it runs. And if it catches up with you, it does an awful lot of damage. Yeah, and you die in a big fat hurry and then just sit there dead in the water. And the problem with this game is that you have to start over from the very beginning. You don't want to die, because that means you have to deal with this all over again. <laughs> so there's a bunch of stuff floating in the water. You jump on this stuff. There are chairs, tables, pieces of wood, anything you can to keep the splashes from happening. Because if you don't splash in the water, the monster can't find out where you are. But there was this part, when I first enter it, when I first start splashing around and something's following me, I run, oh, there's something, jump up on it, turn around, Splash, splash, splash. There are invisible footsteps in the water. There's definitely a monster there. There's definitely something following you, but you can't see it. You can't hide from it. You don't know where to go. It was literally the most intense, terrifying game scene I've had to deal with. And, and that's like within the first 20 minutes of that game. That yeah. Game, that game will make you just want to wee all over yourself. And I just grabbed my pants. This yeah. wasn't the first horror game that I played, by the way. I'm a Silent Hill veteran by this point, and this game scared the fuck out of me. I literally could only play this game once with the lights off. The rest of the time, I'm not wearing headphones, the lights are, uh, are on. My roommate's not at home because when I was playing that level the first time, what does my roommate do? Walks up, grabs me on the shoulder, what are you doing? I'm peeing, thank you. <laughs> so that's what we've got. We've got Ambrosia the Dark Descent, the scary invisible water monster, and the Zelda review. I guess I'll go first. I would say that the this is probably you know I'm gonna go with Zelda. You know I think that I think that the the amnesia of the dark descent is really intense and scary and maybe had a more like powerful like reaction in me, but I think that it's more memorable. Is this is the Sheik reveal? So the Sheik reveal. So one for Sheik. I'm going with Zelda as well. Zelda. So two for Zelda. Chaz. Three for Zelda. Three for Zelda. <laughs> I hate games like Amnesia. <laughs> the one thing I hate, I don't mind scary stuff in games, I hate where they make you helpless. That is a pet peeve of mine. But I haven't played the game, but I have watched a lot of videos of it. I haven't seen that exact thing. But that just seems to me like, for me, it would be a much bigger reaction and emotional feeling to that scene. Than Zelda, so I'm gonna go Amnesia. Amnesia, so four for Amnesia. No, three to one. Three to one. Three to one. Oh. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, since, since Sheik's already won, I'm going to say Amnesia the Dark Descent. And 
Thank you, the administrator, for basically <laughs> giving me nightmares, nightmares. for the next week. <laughs> that was seriously description. a terrible well done. Well so, done. So two to three, Zelda. Well, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we will do the final rounds of March Madness, One Shiny Moment, Memorable Games, Memorable Moments in Gaming, spoiler alert, don't go anywhere. Shining moment. Uh, I will go ahead and start. So, up first we've got shuffling around a little bit. Up first, so we, on the lead eight here. Yes, on the last eight. First we have Dragon Spirit. It was all just a dream. And Fallout Three, the first time you exit the vault. Round two, fight. Oh, it goes the, to you, Joe. Those were like the two that both swept it. Oh man. <laughs> um. Oh man. <laughs> I knew it was oh, yeah, start music. <laughs> Can't have the battle without the battle music. Correct. That's right. Anyway, you were saying? <sighs> this is like, we're not to the final countdown yet. The, the great, like, drink. Visual. Uh, oh, like, drink. I'm out. <laughs> Chaz is into sharing. Sharing is caring. Yes. Yeah. It's the great, powerful reveal moment against the, oh, fuck, no, you didn't. <laughs> All right, I'm going to be positive and go with Fallout. Fallout, so one for Fallout. Yeah, reward good things and punish me. I can't vote against Fallout. So two for Fallout. I'm going Fallout. I said my opinion about the Dragon Spirit before. Three for Fallout. Surly curmudgeon here. I'm going with Dragon Spirit. Dragon Spirit. I'm still going to continue to hear about it. Dragon Spirit. Dragon Spirit. So, three to two, it is. Well, I love Fallout. I've got a coin if you want to put your no. toes in. No, 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 no. It's, no, no. it's, 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 it's all good. It's all good. All right. So, Dragon Spirit, you're out. Fallout, you're in. Joe, you're up next. Yay. All right. Want some water? I need some whiskey. All right. Yeah. We've got Ocarina of Time, a reveal of Sheik's identity. No versus his arch enemy, Super Mario. Your princess is in another castle. Mm. Alright, Chaz. Um, you know, I just, you can't beat a classic. Princess. You, you gotta go with the princess. I mean, that's been, that's been the icon in all of, of video gamedom of frustration. Right. You can't you can't beat that. It's it's just so one for Mario. It's Mario. I'm gonna vote for Zelda Ocarina of Time. I think it has a bigger effect. One of Zelda, one of Mario. Sheik every day and twice on Sunday. Sheik, so two Zelda, one Mario. Zelda. Free Zelda, one Mario. I'm going Mario. 
Three to two. So three to two. Zelda takes. Mario's on the. Nope. Excuse me. No chance. Go. We got two. Gears of War 2, Finding Dom's Wife, and Infamous 2, Killing Zeke. Oh, oh, God. That's a good matchup. Oh, Alright, Dustin, ready to go. Infamous 2, uh, for me, just much. Alright, one for Infamous. Gears 2. Gears 2, one for Gears. Infamous. Two for Infamous. Uh, infamous, infamous for me. That well, was Gears for me. So three to two, Infamous wins. Gears is on the floor. He threw it back into the bucket, dude, or the hat. Good. Next, Dustin picks. We have Katamari Damacy opening and Advent Rising. Ooh. Katamari. Okay, Brian. Katamari. Yeah. Thank you. Katamari. What to choose, what to choose. We have That's the Katamari Cheer Squad in the house. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Katamari too, so three for yeah! I was going with Advent. Going with Advent. Three to two. Katamari's gonna go down in history. Advent is an afterthought. Katamari wins. Oh, are we? Is that nobody else can deal with it? Okay. I don't either. Alright. Final four. Final four. Final four. Round three. Katamari Damacy versus Fallout 3. Ooh. <laughs> Getting hard. Now I get to be judged. Alright. Oh. Choose wisely. I have to default back to my previous statement. Any game that has a Kappa wins. Katamari uh, Damacy. I'm gonna go Fallout. Son, I disappoint. Fallout. <laughs> Two for Fallout, one for Katamari. I can't vote against Fallout. Three for Fallout, uh, one for Katamari. Fallout. Four for Fallout, one for Katamari. Katamari loses. Infamous 2, Killing Zeke. And Zelda Ocarina of Time, Sheik's Identity Revealed. Ooh, that's a hard one. These are good. Tricky. Let's see, I'm gonna go Zelda. And Zelda, me too. Two Zeldas. I am so pissed about the fact that so. I learned about killing Zeke before I should have, so I'm going Zelda. Three Zeldas. I'm infamous. I think it's that's no. my most powerful moment that You're I've been. My hand. So three to one. Zeke, man, infamous too. So three to two. Zelda wins. Zelda. So, so we got so the championship Zelda. round versus Fallout. We got the final two. It's the this, yo. Hold on. Hold on. I think you drank. Oh, wait. You saved my thing. No. The ultimate. I have Eye of the Tiger. Never mind. Okay. That's not the same. I'm drunk. So, Zelda Ocarina of Time, The Sheik Reveal, or Fallout 3. Man, these. That's hard. And I don't get to vote. I think I should get to vote. We'll let the coin decide on this one. Everyone gets to vote on this one. And if if there's a tie, then the audience decides. Ooh. Have they or coin. No, I no coin. Like coin. We go coin flip of the coin. Better. Okay, Joe, pick. Fallout. Cannot go against it. I can't vote against Fallout 3. A reboot of an epic series, you, you can't. So two lose. Fallout. Fallout. Oh, three for Fallout. Ah! It's all over. 
Sheik. Thank you, the bride. Zelda. All right. Two to three fallout wins. Uh, no, no, no. What's your you've vote? You've got a vote. What's your vote, You've got a vote. Fallout. Fatality. Okay, four to two. So, the one shining so the moment. One shining in moment in game. gaming is Fallout 3. The first time you exit the vault. That is one of the most memorable moments in gaming forever for me. Love it so good. Absolutely. Well, it's been an epically long podcast, and we're glad that you guys have stayed for both parts. I'm still pissed that I'm the designated driver, and I haven't made a shameless plug of going to www.pandamanga.com and visiting our forums and uh, joining up. Yeah, what's up, uh, You should really plug that. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, Brian, I'm sorry. Brian, you're just you're slacking on those plugs. Anyway, oh that's, that is all we have for you guys this time around, and thank you for coming and listening. Uh, we will be back next time with, what's, what's next on the schedule? Is it Zombie Survival? No, it's comics. No, comics. Back next up comics. is comics. Comics, uh, so come back. Uh, Joe and I, Joe, I and the Brian, maybe some other people will be involved in the comics. I'm very excited. Uh, we'll, I will be reviewing, indie review-wise, the four-issue um, shot, uh, The Cape. It was really excellent. I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to talking about it. Uh, any, any, you have any idea what you're going to be doing, Joe? Uh, still looking at a couple of things. Still looking it up? Okay. I never so uh, look forward to some reviews and mayhem on the next uh, indie comic review <laughs> on Geek Life. Uh, you've been listening to Geek Life. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Thank you. Good night. Thanks for listening. Be sure to visit pandamanga.com for all your indie comic needs. If you have questions or comments on today's show, please visit our forums at forum.pandamanga.com. Anyone interested in becoming a contributor with Pandamanga, visit our contact page at contact.pandamanga.com and complete the form located there. This is Jazz. We'll see you next time.